Live from Las Vegas, this is the Wayne Coy Show. I'm going to make him an offer he can refuse. Second one, this is the bandit, this is snowman out there, my head is Tell me about it, Stuff. He's looking at you, kid. Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Oh, yes, he is. Always ready for his close-up. He's a guy that knows movies better than anybody that I know. And he can knock out a big old box of popcorn faster than you can say Patrick Stibbs. He is the <laughs> the box officer, and he's uh, he's here tonight to talk about the uh, the new movie that everybody's been waiting for. You might uh, be familiar, maybe. Dominic, welcome to Big Showdown. Amazing. My turn. Did you the helicopter back there? You know what that means. That means fast. It means furious. It means Vin Diesel not being Groot and showing up in uh, that. That It's just been going on forever. It seems like our lifetime, Patrick. Is it over yet? Uh, no, I think has this this franchise has been around for like 20 years, hasn't it? I mean, seems like I think it. the first one came out in the, in the mid-90s. Yeah, I think so. Or something like that, or late 90s. Yeah. And, you know, the first, this is now the 10th movie, uh, hence the fast Roman numeral 10. Yeah. Or fast X, if you want to call it fast X. Um, But this is the 10th installment. And let's face it, every one of these movies, every one of them, Wayne Coy, is just a ripoff of Gone in 60 Seconds. Every one of them. Every single one. That's what it is. Right. Well, you know what? Because it works. That's why. I mean, if you got a formula, right. you use it. Now, the thing is, though, you got to continue to be able to, uh, you got to be able to continue to keep the formula going and still provide the quality. So that would be the big question here. Well, and and that is the big question. And the thing is, is is well, you mentioned quality. Now, I don't want to say this movie doesn't have good qualities, uh, but by the tenth installment, if you've seen the trailers, yeah then you know that this is like one big pinball machine of a movie. I mean, yeah. it's very heavy CGI, very heavy special effects. There's no way in God's green earth anyone could survive any of these cars racing through this stuff or over bridges or helicopters or whatever. But you know what? The audience doesn't care. Because we don't people care. Go to these movies to be entertained, and you, you check your brain at the door, and you grab your popcorn, and you're for two hours, you're in heaven. Yeah. That's how these movies are. All right, so if you enter a theater and you have those kind of low expectations as it relates to anything groundbreaking, you know what you're in for, did you still enjoy the time that you spent in the theater? That's a, is there oh, enough, absolutely. Is there enough of a it, story it, it, there? It, there is a story in this particular in this particular movie, the 10th one, okay? Uh, you know, Vin Diesel is the one um, constant character in all 10 movies. We've had people come and go... You know, Dwayne Johnson, remember, he was in, in these movies for a while. Then him and Diesel didn't get along. And and uh, so, you know, in this particular movie, what is emerging is uh, he's got an eight-year-old son now who's become a target of the bad guys. Uh-oh. So, you know what? You can mess around with, with Vin Diesel, but by God, Wayne, don't mess with his kid. Yeah. That's the moral of the story here. So does Liam Neeson so- come in at this point? Do we have what? I'm sorry. Does Liam Neeson enter the film at this point? Then, as no, but as... I wouldn't be surprised if he's not going to be in Fast Eleven. So maybe that'll happen, right? Because here's the thing: they say this is the tenth and final movie in the franchise. Well, come on, 
We know how that goes. This movie is supposed to do gangbusters, at least $100 million opening weekend, minimum. Wow. Worldwide, probably double that, just for the opening weekend. This movie's going to make money, which means Fast 11 is not far behind. So you don't... And you know what? That's okay. You don't think they're done? No, not at all. Okay. No. <laughs> no. No, no. No movie franchise anymore is done. In the old days... Like, say, remember the original Escape or the, the original Planet of the Apes series? Sure. You know, you had this big, huge film with Charlton Heston, big, huge hit. They did five of those and they said, okay, you know what? We're going to call it quits. Even though we could keep going, we pretty much run out of storylines. Everything's happened to the apes. We're going to have to do whatever. Boom, it's done. Yeah. Studios don't think that way anymore. As long as there's a buck to be made, the sequels will keep coming. And again, that's fine because. With all the problems in the world today, Fast 10 is just a couple hours of pure escapism. Hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. So if, there's, if there ends up being a Fast 20, you're cool with that. you got no problem I'm, with that. I'm perfectly fine with Fast 20. Hey, what's the, yes. rec- rec- what's the record for most sequels to a film? Do we know the answer to this? Well, I would say probably at this point, the Friday the 13th series, I think, is on its... 12th or 13th and i think the halloween movies with all the reboots and and you know sequels and remakes that might be i think that's exceeded 10 now that's over 10 uh, okay yeah so that you know um for some reason a, a franchise that didn't make it was the blue lagoon i don't that's know why on it it just didn't take off you know i thought return to the blue lagoon was a whole new story yeah. now no didn't happen well was brooke shields in both of those no she was not see uh, and that she was in the first one, right. but not the uh, sequels. Yeah, but but she, you know, was, I, she was. To answer I, your question, there is no more. There is no, no. There's no such thing as a franchise ending, uh, you know, unless it's just not making money. Yeah. You know, if Fast Ten were to open and to be a total bomb, then okay, we would not see Fast Eleven. It'd be over. But again, yeah, yeah, it would be over. But uh, as long as there's a buck to be made, there's a sequel to be made. That's how it is now. Gotcha. This is summertime, the beginning of the summer movie season. What are the big movies coming out this year? Well, the the film that debuted at the Cannes Film Festival this weekend uh, or this week is the new Indiana Jones film with Harrison Ford, uh, getting very good reviews. Had a standing ovation. Um, I guess this is one heck of a ride. They've really done a good job of tying a lot of things together with all the films over the years, especially the first one, which everyone loves, right? Yeah. And um, so I'm excited to see the new uh, the new Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. That's what it's called. It's called that one's coming out. Wait, wait, wait. Go back. What's it called? It's called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh, I thought you said the Vial of Destiny. I was like, no. whoa, Indy's like doing coke now? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they really stretched. Uh, Indiana's got his Jones on. Yeah, apparently. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it's not a it's not a vial. It's a dial. No, it's a dial. Okay. It's a dial of destiny. Yes. <laughs> Actually, at his age, uh, he's what eighty now. Yeah, is he older than I that? I really thought. They should have called this movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, A-A-R-P. I thought it would have made a lot more sense. But uh, evidently nobody liked my idea at Paramount. I like it, so for whatever Thank that's you. worth. So, uh, okay, you got uh, to give some popcorn kernels out here. How many for uh, Fast and Furious X? I'm going to give three and a half popcorn kernels for this one, Wayne. Three and a half, huh? Three and a half. Almost four. But again, there's really no, is there a story to this movie? Not really. 
But you know what? It makes up for it in action, and there's some humor. And who doesn't like Vin Diesel? Come on. The guy's a great. He's great. I love uh, it. So I give it three and a half popcorn kernels. Okay. Well, there you go. What do you got for us next week? Oh, next week we're going to talk about the new uh, uh, Little Mermaid film coming out. The live action Little Mermaid from Disney. Yeah. Um, we're talking about that one and uh, a couple surprises with, with that movie in store and and also possibly the new Spider-Man animated film coming out as well. Oh, boy. Can't wait. Oh, boy. Can't wait. That's I live for Thursdays. Thank you, sir. The box hey, officer, Patrick Stibbs. That's him right there. Nobody does movies better than the box officer. We take a break, and when we come back, I know you're probably tired of hearing about it, but we might be getting a new baseball stadium in Las Vegas. You're not tired of hearing about it. We're going to talk about that, plus a visit with comedian Bob Zaney. That's all on the way on The Wayne Coy Show. The Wayne Coy Show. Do you need low-priced, quality health insurance for any reason right now? Then call MyHealthInsurance.com today. We specialize in helping American workers find affordable health insurance. You can save money on dental, vision, prescription drugs, too. Our message is simple. If you want affordable health insurance for you and your family, even if you have a medical condition, call right now. Is right now the best time for you to start looking for affordable health insurance? We have hundreds of plans to choose from. With one free phone call, you can learn about an affordable health insurance plan that fits your budget. Don't wait. It's a free call. Call now. 800-876-7061 That's 800-876-7061 MyHealthInsurance.com is owned and operated by IHC Specialty Benefits, a licensed insurance agency. We are not an insurance plan or provider. Not all plans are available in all areas. You may be contacted by an insurance agent. Hi there, this is Kirby Scofield with Scofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market, at Scofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close and with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us, kirby4u.com. That's K-I-R-B-Y, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Kirby4u.com or call 702-766-9538. Again, 702 766 Big Dogs Brewing Company, open 24-7, is an award-winning brewery, a full-service catering business, and a fun, smoke-free brew pub restaurant with a full-service bar, including over 35 craft beers on tap, 35 multi-denomination slot machines, the best gaming promotion, and a lively, dog-friendly outdoor patio. Big Dogs Brewing Company, 4543 North Ratchet Craig. Find out more at BigDogsBrews.com. My name is Michael Stefanski, and I am the owner and founder of Sin City Custom Suits, custom clothing concierge. I help gentlemen get into clothes that fit them like they're supposed to, that they pick out themselves, and we craft together. 600 different suit fabrics to pick from, about 40 measurements to make sure the suit's going to fit you right. Then we decide, do you want 
two buttons on the front, three buttons on the front, how many on the sleeve, do you want like a custom photo lining for the inside of your jacket, any number of different things that you can think of. This is all about what do you want? And and when you ask guys, what do you want? They don't know because they've never given been given the option before. Because I help men look as absolute best as they can. It's transforming people's lives. If you've never had a suit that fits you right, you have no idea how much confidence it gives you. That's the important part. 702-767-2478. Instagram at customsuitguy, sincitycustomsuits.com. Live from Las Vegas, this is The Wayne Coy Show. doing right now that I'm very excited about. I'm going to thrift stores and, and I'm buying stuff and I would love to report what I got at the thrift store. Would you like to see what I got at the Goodwill? You know what they have there that I really love? A lot of arts and crafts. People make these arts and crafts. This is really cool. Someone made this. An aunt is like a mom, but cooler. Isn't that neat? And on the back it says an uncle is like a dad, but creepier. A lot of great books at the Goodwill. I got this very exciting, the Hillary Clinton biography. And here's the weird part. Look, a lot of the pages are just missing. Look, they're just something. It's like they've been deleted. I'm not picking sides. In fact, I got this book from 1980. John Gardner put this out. Let me go ahead and read the synopsis. A chilling novel, The Ultimate Soviet Takeover. The Last Trump. We didn't pick sides. This is a great book. Bill Cosby, Time Flies. Hey, Bill, let's see how three to ten work out. <laughs> That's a funny guy, Bob Zaney, who's uh, on the phone with us right now uh, through the miracles of technology. You and I are the exact same age. Well, there's nothing I can do about that, and I can't give you that time back. I tried. Uh, I put in an application. It was rejected. You are yeah. older than me, though, Bob. You're 12 days older than me. I'm September 23rd, and you are 9-11. Yeah, so I, that would be eight days, but that's okay. <laughs> See, I, I love that West Covina math. It's the best. You just said it, I'm 12 days older, and you were born September 3rd, and I'm the 11th, and I do the math for you, and then you mock my hometown? Oh, no. What happened is you didn't hear 23rd. Oh, 23rd. Okay, you're right. <laughs> so uh what's the difference norcal socal i mean you've been to both places you you grew up in one do you have a preference one has more rain it's true that's about it yeah uh no i i don't know if i have a preference or not but i i mean i grew up in la but i live in vegas now almost four years so but you know i want that before i moved to vegas i added up all the times i performed in vegas and i've lived here for three years one week at a time. So that gives you an idea. <laughs> it does. Uh, what I love, too, about your beginnings, Bob, is that you and I also share this. We both auditioned for the gong show, and I think you actually got on. Yes, I did. It, you can actually, it's the opening salvo of my documentary, Close But No Cigar. And, you know, we screened it in movie theaters across the country, and I go to the screening, and it was surreal to watch me come out. I'm going, that didn't happen. Did, was that me? Yeah, well, so, what were you, like 15, 16? I know I was. I was 
You know what I did? I started, uh, I counted when I had the audition. I, I got, you had to do like three auditions before they said yes. And then right when I got yes, I think it was two days after my birthday that we taped it. So I was 16 technically, but I count 15 as my start in showbiz. And you know, Wayne, let's just be honest. I could go back to being 10 when I was a Cub Scout and I was in a play where I sat around a fire campfire saying pass the coffee with my line. So I've been showbiz my whole life. You have been, yeah. Well, I, I found that audition process to be kind of crazy. They actually, I only went once, so you made it much further than I did, but they just pulled me aside and said, uh, you know, we're looking for crazy, wacky, and and you're funny, but you're not crazy, wacky, so keep working on it. And then they sent me away. <laughs> well, I, you know, I also auditioned two other times, once with my best friend in high school and uh, Mike and Mark Manning, who were twins, and and the other one was Bob, and Bob was the lead singer, and we were Bobby Arm in the Pits. <laughs> and we sang, We Love You, Bobby, and I think that was a little too much for that time. Oh, yes, the we do. Second time, the second time I auditioned, and to this day, I don't know why I didn't get it. I got a paper bag, and I put it all over the, all my whole body except for my head, and I said I was the unknown comic half-brother. <laughs> and, and, did, and I did one-liners, and I'm going, why didn't I get it? pretty clever for, you know, 16, 15-year-old. Heck yeah. Come on now. You were doing that all so, on your own. And here's the irony of all ironies is that years later, well, it would be about 11 years later, I uh, I started a movie with Murray Langston, who was the unknown comic, called Up Your Alley. We played two homeless guys. Linda Blair was also a star of it, and she played the reporter investigating us. That's a crazy cast. Yeah, it's a great. Johnny Dark was in it. Uh, There's some. There's Yakov Smirnoff did a guest set. Uh, there's a few Ruth Buzzy. That's when I met Ruth Buzzy for the first time. What a wonderful woman she is! Well, that's like a comedy who's who right there of the late '70s, early '80s. And I'm forgetting some names. It's sure. in there somewhere. So you go from the Gong Show to a Dry Bar special that is like knocking on the door of six million views. That's yeah, crazy. Did you ever think you would be able to have something live on the internet that gets watched 6 million times? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I was just shooting for a million and then it got to a million and I went, well, wait a second. So, you know, every, and this is just based off of YouTube showings. I mean, it's, it's been on uh, Facebook and Instagram and all these other platforms where I don't even know the count. And then plus the dry bar app itself. So who knows how many really has. Now, I got to ask, do you do all of the social media, the internet stuff, the hashtags and everything that you have to do these days? Do you do that on your own or do you have people? Well, I, there's a guy who's a friend of mine who's actually put up a fan page. So, you know, I do it, but he's more versed in it. I mean, I know the hashtags are so important and I always forget. But he set up a TikTok fan page for me in August. And it's got over 2 million views now and about 10,000 followers. So that's pretty cool. That's the first time you've ever shown your breasts publicly, correct? Well, I did it only because I knew I'd be on this show one day to talk about it. <laughs> I didn't know you lived here in town, man. We're neighbors. That's cool. So hopefully I'll well, run I into you. I, I, yeah. I'll see you at Sprouts. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> you don't go to Sprouts, do you? I do. My wife, Erin who's a very funny comedian, Erin O'Connor, she uh, loves shopping at Whole Foods, not because it's organic, 
she doesn't like to have to shave her uh, arms or legs. Fits right in. <laughs> and I like going to Trader Joe's. You know what I love about Trader Joe's, Wing? What do you love? When you see two cars with coexist bumper stickers fighting for a parking spot. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's so true. Um, I stay away from that place just because I feel like the portions are too small for what you pay. Well, you know, I wrote that joke when I lived uh, in the Valley in Encino, they had the smallest parking lot and I would just watch people here. It's a little bit more expansive, but I'm sure as more people move here, they'll make this turn into like the dump it, it's going to be because there's just people create a dump. You know, with Socrates who said, isn't that sad? You got quiet like I'm going to quote Socrates. You know, I, I like Vegas. My parents are actually buried here, uh, but uh, they're alive in the act. <laughs> you keep them going after all these years? Yeah, why not? My dad, my dad would be, you know, very happy about that. He always wanted, I think the word vicarious was invented from my father about my career. He lived through you, huh? Well, you know, here, let's go back to the gong show. I'll give you an example, Wayne. And I hate having to give you examples because that means I'm, I'm force feeding this to you. But <laughs> he, you know, he had to take me to these auditions because I was a teenager. Did your parents take you? No, no, they didn't. I had to do you it all on my yourself? own. I did. Wow. Wow. That's why you didn't get it. Probably. Anyway, so my dad, at one of the auditions, I forget which one, but he's goofing around in the lobby and the security guard says, man, you're funny. You should be on the show. So he walks my father into the audition and my dad gets the day and nighttime version. Which I hear was a little body that the evening version. Body. Well, you know, one of them, I forget legend goes that, uh, JP Morgan gonged my father and he flipped her off on national TV. <laughs> and she probably flipped him off right back. Right back. That's right. Cause it was a simpler time. We knew what a flip off meant. That's right. We were very strong in our convictions when that came to that middle finger. I was always competing with my father. I got to share this with you. Like third grade, we, we were supposed to build a little garden in our yard for, you know, class. And I come home one day, I had my little garden. My dad built a bigger garden. You know, it's like, come on. Jeez, dad, let it yeah. go. Do you remember anyway, what you what grew? You going to ask me, Wayne, because you're very good at this. I just, I just did a podcast with a young man who had no idea why he was there, let alone any references. Oh, no. I, I went to bed last night going, I get to talk to Bob Zaney in the morning, and I was, I was here lickety-split so I could make sure we had this conversation. Absolutely. Well, with hope. You are at the Westgate. June 15th through the 18th. Right. And I was just at the Tropicana at the Laugh Factory and uh, before the big news came down. Yep. Oh, yeah, the Oakland A's. Let's not go there. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, I'm going to be at Brad Garrett. Brad and I actually, uh, he's also our age, I believe. He is. Same, same he age. Started, he started out at the Ice House like I did in Pasadena, and we were both uh, the house MCs at, at one given point in our career. Let me bring up some more dead comments. <laughs> <laughs> recently, it's real easy to do. Yeah, it is. And, th and that's sad, too. Don't you? Well, I don't know about you, but we're the same age. So are you finding, like, you go through the list of your Facebook friends, and you're like, yeah, gone, not here. Checked out. Oh, I, I've, I've lost so many people. It's just, I, you know, whenever my wife will say, you know, so-and-so just passed away, I said, oh, it's their turn? Yeah, but we're not even you that know, old, I, Bob. Well, you know, I'll tell you, 
you know when you're getting old though, Wayne, is you're watching the history channel and you go, Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> but <clears throat> the one thing I realized turning sixty was uh, you know, we got a new dog. Uh thank God all our dogs that we've rescued, by the way, you rescue dogs yeah. and cats. That's what you do, yeah. Pet. Yeah, you do that. But uh if you uh if you get a pet, you know, you don't think about it, but now I'm going, wait, this dog might outlive me. <laughs> you got you to gotta take that into consideration now when you're right. adopting at our age. You don't think about it when you're 30. Nope. Yeah, you say, I'm going to miss Scruffy when he's gone. <laughs> yeah. But not now. Yeah, well. So, hey, anyway. for our, our Reno listeners, I want to make sure we get this in. Everybody in the Bay Area and uh, Sacramento area, Reno, uh, Bob's going to be at the Laugh Factory there September 7th through the 10th. And, yeah. and that's always a fun room to go see comedy in. So whether it's Reno or it's Vegas, e- either way, I think we got you covered there. So anyway, yeah, back. It's, it. it's, it's at the Silver Legacy. And I also play the Nugget in Carson City uh, a lot. I was supposed to be there in June, but we, you know, I got switched around. But we filmed a uh, sitcom there called Casino Boss. I'm one of the stars. And uh, Kabir Singh, you know Kabir? No Kabizi very well, yes. Yes, he's also one of the stars of this. And uh, we also filmed a whole bunch of uh, test episodes of my talk show. So one day, hopefully, that will come to fruition. So I'm all over that. I was just in Mill Valley at the Throckmorton. My God, I didn't know you had this kind of pull. (laughs) I just played the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. You know, you know Jeffrey Applebaum? I do. I've, I've actually performed with Jeffrey. I was, I was MC of, of one of his shows. Well, there you go, Wayne. You see this, this small world? Everything goes full wife, circle. It, yeah, I was the uh, happy hour busboy at Marie Callender's. <laughs> no, but you know what? It's funny I say that. I was just joking. But I was actually hired at Howard Johnson's in Monrovia, Monrovia California, to be a comedy waiter. And let me just say, that lasted one night. That's tough, isn't it? That's a tough gig. Tough crowd, too. Well, I was I was 18. You know, what do I know? But, you know, we used to, I worked at United Rental in West Covina, and we would deliver uh, tables and chairs to this hotel. And I'm goofing around with the woman. And she says, you're funny. Why don't we try this? And we tried it, and then it was over. Hey, you're a trailblazer. At least you can say that. You know, when I was on the gong show, and I'm, I think we found the theme. When I was on the gong show, I read my jokes off a piece of paper. So I was the first alternative comedian. You were. While they were zigging, you were zagging. I was zagging, and I thought, I was ahead of my time. Think about it. I never performed in my whole life, Wayne, ever. Right. What do I do? I go on national TV. That's the way to make a, an impression. You know, I got to tell you, there was a pull to that because, as you know, there weren't all these reality shows now, competition shows. There was no last comic standing. So the, the idea of if you were kind of funny or you could sing a little bit or whatever, the gong show was really the only place you could do that. Yeah, and, you know, I know one Chris Beard, who is one of the co-creators of the gong show with Chuck Barris and the producer on it, I had him on my podcast, I did many years ago, and we had talked about it. This was 10 years ago, and he was saying, you know, he's no longer with us. I like to bring that up now. I think that's going to be another thing. <laughs> another sub dead, pe- yeah. dead people and uh, gong show. Yep. But he said something very profound to me, at least. He said, you can't bring the gong show back because everything's the gong show now. It's true. And he said the whole premise of the gong show was they would have one or two really good acts and the rest were crap. 
I wonder where I fell into that category. I think you were probably one of the really good acts, and and that was yeah. the thing. I, I think it was hard, as I recall, as I remember it. I, I drove down there, and I was very disappointed when I didn't make it, but I, it made sense later, like years later, and I'd watched those episodes then on YouTube, even in the last 10 years or so, and I'm like, okay, I get it. You you weren't like he that the guy told me. At least he was honest. He said, you're just not... You're not nuts enough. We're looking for crazy, wild, wacky stuff that can get gonged, and you yeah, probably I, wouldn't. I think I, there was a. I have a documentary. You can get it on Amazon called "Close but No Cigar," and you know they asked me about rejection because that it was all about how how the word "no" led to "yes." Because I was turned down the, for Star Search three times, mm. and the producer was on a plane and saw my clip of my Rodney Dangerfield HBO special on the plane. And he said, well, he'd be right for Star Search. So I had to do an HBO special before I to got get a on Star contest. Search. <laughs> and then I, I actually got to the semifinals. So anyway, that was the premise of the, of the, of the documentary. And, and I say, and then I, 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 I have to paraphrase myself because I kind of don't remember, but it's like, no, it's okay. Tell me no. Don't explain no. No means no. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, we would like to have you, but it's like, whatever. Well, the young us, though, d we want more of an explanation than that. We don't want to just get the black and white. But now we're like, yeah, please just get to the chase, right? Well, you know, the young us, when I, because I started so young, I would tell everyone, I'm a comedian. Well, I wasn't a comedian until I started making a living at it, and I didn't have to have a day job. And that was like 1984 yeah. when I was officially could make a living at it, but I was at KLOS radio in Los Angeles in 83 and making hundred bucks a week DJing and being on the Fraser Smith show. And I ended up having to get a day job just to support myself through that period. So, you know, you're a comedian when you make a living at it, then you can tell everyone you're a comedian. But until then, if you do an open mic night, doesn't mean you're a comedian, right? You're an apprentice. You're yeah. an apprentice. Yeah. But you were allowed to say you were a professional broadcaster because you're on the radio every day. Well, I, I got to say that, yes. And, you know, the irony of all ironies is I studied radio and TV broadcasting at Mount San Antonio College in Walnut, California. I did three semesters, got my FCC license, did everything I was supposed to do. And I, I auditioned for the news station at the, at the college and the signal went out to the parking lot and uh, they turned me down. I think and their slogan was, was uh, where 10 watts sounds like a million. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking about. So, but I was actually turned down, and I was, and I was saying to myself, you know, this is kind of why I'm here is to learn. You know, I'll be, yes, my audition was horrible, but maybe I could, you know, you could teach me. Yeah. So that's when I dropped out of college, and I went from West Covina to uh, the Valley. I moved there, got a job as a messenger, and a year later, I was hired at KLOS. Which was a good place so, to be. Were, were Mark and Brian there at the time? No, it was Fraser Smith. He was the guy. And then Shauna. Oh, and, Shauna uh, from KFRC. Yeah. Yeah. Shauna was, uh, I worked with her for a year and a half. And, uh, you know, the first thing they teach you in broadcasting schools, don't think you're going to go to uh, New York, LA, or Chicago. You're going to have to go somewhere else to learn your craft, which is true. You should. You know, it's like a comedian. I meet comedians on the road and they went, I got to move to LA. And I said, why? Are you ready? Mm hmm. Or are you going to move to L.A. so you can go on the road to pay to live in L.A. and hey, not be able to do anything while you're in L.A.? You know what I mean? Bob, my first radio job was in Keokuk, Iowa. So there you go. I actually have been to Keokuk. Have you? So, 
Wow. Oh, I've been, uh, you should see my, 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 uh, my map of the United States. The, the Midwest is like clusters of pins and California, obviously, because that's where I grew up. But, uh, you know, it looks like a cancer cluster of some sort. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah, that I didn't run into you being that, you know, a lot of my radio days were spent in uh, Midwest cities like like Omaha and Duluth and Green Bay and, you know, uh, and the, the Quad Cities. You've been to all of those places. Oh, I can name them. Uh, Davenport, Bettendorf, uh, Rock Island, and uh, why am I blanking? The one where the airport what? is. You missed that one. What is it? Moline. 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 Yeah, and there's also an East Moline. And, you know, I co-hosted the Jerry Lewis Telethon uh, for about, you know, 10 years. I was on for 17 total. And Jan Carl, I don't know if you know who she is. But don't. Very nice woman who was, a, 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 I would say, a local broadcaster in Los Angeles. And I co-hosted with her. I said, I just got back from the Quad Cities. And she said, I'm from there. And I named them. And she says, no, that's not true. So I don't know. Maybe she made the whole thing up. It could be. Uh, you know what, though? That's It's not a bad part of the country. And I think the people that live there, they love to get out and laugh and be entertained. And, you know, there's probably a reason why you've been so successful there, because you're a funny guy. It doesn't come easy. It's You've been doing this for a long time. But what I love is you have the energy of a guy who's half your age. Well, you know, I'll tell you, it's interesting that you said that. I, I'm a cup of I, – I appeal to everybody. I mean, ethnicities, old, young, whatever, they all get me and laugh when they're in the audience. So how do you, how do you uh, market that in show business? Because it's all niche marketing now. Yeah, it is. You got to find your lane. And then they want you to but stay in all, it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, sometimes I'll read the comments uh, at YouTube that people leave, and I would say 97% are positive, you know? And then the ones that are negative, they're just jealous. Right, and I've tried to tell Kabir to quit doing that because it really isn't well, very... Well, Kabir, but this is how he learns English. Look, let me say this. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's cool to always get, like, I get, like, comments from across the pond. You know, I'm actually going to Israel at the end of the month. I'm doing a tour there. You've done that before. This is going to be my third time. The third time uh, is a goy charm. Yeah, not koi, goy. Yep. Goy, because I'm not Jewish, but uh, I love it. You know, have you been to Israel? I have not. You go to Tel Aviv, you really, there's a moment where you just think, yeah, this is LA. You know, there's a peach, you know, whatever. You don't think about it. Mm -hmm. and in fact, I went to, uh, there's an American bar called Mike's Place. And uh, I go, I said, well, I'm an American. I was a Cub Scout and a wee blow for a week. So <laughs> I go in and the guy, Wayne, looks like a surfer from Santa Monica who's the bartender. In Tel Aviv. I said, hey, man, I, I said, hey, man I'm from L.A. He says, yeah, I've been to Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. They don't know West Covina. They don't know. Are, are they good and to you over there, though? I mean, are they receptive? Yeah. Yeah, very receptive. In fact, it's funny that uh, the comment I get, wow, you're like Don Rickles out there. And I go, yeah, and, and that's a compliment. Don Rickles was a very funny man. Yes, he but, was. Don knew what he was going to say to people. I gathered the information and then I, I, I created in that moment, or at least I have a line that I know that will work, you know? Yeah. Well, we have like 25 minutes uh, that has just passed that proved that time and time again. You're pretty good on your feet there, Bob Zaney. Well, it's all those years in high school, Wayne, and uh, I'm very appreciative. I'm actually self-taught. I went to public schools. <laughs> and the thing about California is, 
it's going to be the next Venezuela, and you have to have all the people in the middle move out. So it's all poor, homeless, drug addicts, and then the super rich behind their gates going, hey, that's fine. Right. Fine. That'll be that'll be Kabir on a hill in Fremont. Snoop Dogg's no. not hanging out on the streets anymore. You You get out of there, and then you just rap about it. Well, you have to rap about it because that's all I do is rap now. I know. Uh, here's the thing. I just don't understand. I think there's a guilt when you get successful that you think, well, I'm going to give back this way. You're not giving back either. You're just virtual signaling, you know? Mm -hmm. Do something. Do something where you're actually giving back. I don't know why people put tuxedos on to go to a benefit to help homeless. Just give the money. How about that? How about just write the check? Not even write the check anymore. Make sure the check's doing something. Oh, I love that. That's true. You know, you why, got that why right. are you writing the check? What, what, where is that money really going? That's a nice Mercedes, and you're the head of the organization? I almost feel like I need to breathe between what you just said and me asking you about the Jerry Lewis telethon, but I'm not going to. Jerry's the one who made that whole thing, you know. The producer would tell me that, what Jerry was trying to achieve was vaudeville on, on TV, you know, with the acts and everything. But, uh, you know, it was a, it was a great honor because Jerry, I, uh, from what I heard, and again, only once did I really sit down and talk with him. I was doing the warm-ups for the Emmys and he got a national, he got, you know, lifetime achievement award. And we were sitting in the green room for like an hour and he was just, he was so complimentary to me as a comedian and just went on and on. I wish I could have recorded the conversation. But, uh, you know, I always kind of kept my distance. I just did my work and I left. Sure. And, you know, over the years, you watch people who would come and go on the telephone like I did. And I would see where they would screw up. And I would go, and they're not coming back. And that's not the way and Jerry would have done thing. it. But you're you. Well, yeah, I'm me. But, you know, I'll give you an example. There's a guy who, uh, okay, I'm just going to say, he started on a major sitcom in this in this 80s. And, uh, and who's the boss? Anyway, he was on that. <laughs> well, when Jerry was going through those health issues where he puffed up and stuff yeah. and he had to be in like a wheelchair for a little bit, he, he, the guy came over and said, don't worry, Jerry, I'm here to take over if you need it. And it's like, I, you don't tell that to Jerry. Mm -mm. That's like telling the comedian, don't say this. Plus, if you've ever heard Tony Danza sing, you know that wasn't a very good suggestion. No, I didn't say it was Tony Danza. It I know. It could have been Alyssa Milano. It could have. It could have. It, it, it probably wasn't, but it could have. Hey, you, uh, you're you famous because you pushed Joe Dirt down. Yes. I play man number one, and everybody who saw the performance thought I was number two. No, I loved, I loved the way you gave him a little what-what. Did he ever try to get uh, even with you? No. In fact, uh, I've known David. I, I used to give him rides in the airport before he, you know, when he get get back from gigs and stuff. But uh, hit Fred Wolf, who was a writer producer on the movie, they told me they gave me the part, and they said they were going to have me come and audition and put me through the ringer, you know, and then say you didn't get it and stuff. But they chose not to do that. Oh, that's good because that's a moment that lives forever, and what a moment it is. I mean, I think you know just to be able to tell people, have you ever seen Joe Dirt? And then you go, you know, the scene where. That's that's awesome to be able to do that. This it just proves doesn't have to be a really huge part, but if it's a significant part, that's great. Well, did you ever see Fast Times at Ridgemont High? You bet I did. And you know when uh, Jess Bacoli, you know Sean Penn gets the pizza delivered, but the guy who delivered the pizza is Taylor ne Negron. He did a lot of character acting. Very funny guy. He passed away too. He's dead. Yep, back to but, dead um, comics. Yeah. 
that's as close to, to my, you know, he's the guy who delivered the pizza and pats on, is I'm the one that pushed Joe Dirt into a uh, janitorial cart. But I, I ran into David a couple of years ago. I was in La, uh, Lake Tahoe. He's performing across the street. So I went over to say hi. And I said, you know, Joe Gert is like the Bible in the Midwest. And he says, I know. I it know. is. It is. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Joe Dirt people are Bob Zaney people. There's no way around it. Well, I think I appeal to all groups. So that's, you know, if I can go into Mill Valley and do a show and, and get laughs, that's pretty big. And yeah. think about it. I was in Mill Valley. The next week I'm in Minot, North Dakota, and the next week I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana. How about that touring schedule? Let's see Mark Pitta try to do that. Uh, well, you'd have to want to book him. Look, the point is, <laughs> I'm kidding. Mark lives here now. You I know. know, but as soon as you said Throckmorton, that's the first person I thought of. You know, it's like well, he's, guilt yeah, by he association. Got me in there in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Mark's a good guy. He has his issues, but who doesn't? His issues are uh, boys' life from 1956 to 1965. <laughs> uh, uh, available at a garage sale near you. Did you ever work at Tommy yeah. T's, by the way? No, I've never worked there. In fact, it's interesting. When I first met my wife, Erin, I would someone I don't know who someone came up with a brilliant idea. Let's have Bob Zaney at the grand opening of Mervyn's right in that area, mm. and the. Uh, they sent a limo, and I remember I, she was performing there, and I drove by in the limo to say hi and then left. Could, they couldn't get you into Miller's Outpost? What happened? She, my wife worked at Miller's Outpost. Howdy. Hey, hey. You know what? That's oh, how I – here, here's a weird one. Um, everybody remembers, I think, where they were when they heard that Elvis died, right? I was at Miller's was Outpost in, in Hayward, Southland Mall, mm -hmm. in a dressing room, trying on a pair of those disco pants, those angel flights, and yep. they had the radio on. They said Elvis died. And man, uh, I'll never forget that moment or Miller's Outpost. But here's the, here's the difference between your career and my career. I actually was in Las Vegas and I lived in over a hotel. And I think we were at the uh, MGM Grand before it became Valley. That's the one that burnt though, right? That's the one that caught on fire and people <laughs> still kept playing on the tables. <laughs> so wow. people are running out. Yeah. So that's where you were. So you proved my point. Everybody kind of remembers that if you're of our age. Yeah, that one you do remember. And John Lennon. That's the other one. And no. don't, yeah, it's Monday Night no. Football, right? No. No. I don't remember that one. Gotcha. But I do remember, obviously, September 11th, which is my birthday. But it was, uh, I was doing radio and, uh, you know, calling, I was calling like 12 stations. And the first station said, hey, did you see that there's a plane that hit the, World Trade Center, and then the second station says, yeah, it looks like a, a biplane went into the World Trade, and then by the third call, uh, we knew what happened, and it was Bob and Tom out of Indianapolis who I called in for 17 years every Tuesday. Right. And every, but after every one of those calls, that we're not doing comedy today. Well, can, you, you can't blame them, horror. right? Yeah. You can hear the horror in their voice. Mm -hmm. That was a weird one. That's our Pearl Harbor. I mean, it, it just is. You know, it's weird is I see 9-11 all the time, Bob. I mean, all the time, and I'm famous for talking about it. And then this morning, you know, I'm getting ready to talk to you, and I look and I go, he's got to be close to my age. So I Googled it, and then I saw 9-11 again, and I'm like, that, there it is. I, it's a weird thing. Well, that means you, grad, you graduated from high school in 79? I did, yeah. San Leandro, California. Okay. Yep. Well, here's the thing. If you would have said 80, that means that third grade was a bitch. Well, <laughs> Uh, yeah. but we had that birthday that made sense my brother Tony was born in January 
So he had to wait like, you know, until he was like five and a half before he could start school. Yeah, we started young. We were just barely five. Right. In fact, well, I don't even know if I was life. five. And you probably were, you act five. I still do. I try to. Well, you really do. You, you're a Cinco. <laughs> yes. Los Santo. Los Santo. Cinco, Poquito Cinco. Yes. Westgate, June 15th through the 18th. That's the up close and personal for all of our Vegas people. And then again, if you're in the Bay Area, Reno, Sacramento, don't forget September 7th through the 10th, not the 11th, because that's his birthday. But you could go give him no, a birthday present if you want. People do give you presents. It's kind of it's kind of odd. But anyway, freaky. the point is, he used to bring me cigars all the time, really good ones. I was doing a show here in Vegas. I was opening for America at the Riviera, and the Maitre D's. They all loved me there. And this guy, he gave me a cigar, and he said, "This is a Cuban. It's it's worth forty dollars." I said. Can I have the cash? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> there's an option. For you. I, I, well, it's, it's, there's a point where you go. Like my brother loves Rolex watches. I go, why? Just another reason to be robbed. I have my Target watch I bought 30 years ago, and it's on its fifth band. It does the job. It's all I need. It's all you need. Well, you need that, and you need to check out. I think I handled that well, which is now again right at the verge of six million views which is not so I, I think it, with this show's appearance we're going to get there at the end of the month i think you'll get at least two more that's my guess bobzany.net by the way is the place for all things bob and you're going to find out why this guy's been doing this for close to 50 years you know non-stop and again the energy of a 25 year old thank you sir you're the best wing baby i had a connection flight on hooters airlines let me tell you about hooters airlines my tray table wasn't the only thing in the upright position. <laughs> I love the flying it shows, baby. <laughs> Security's better at the airports, much more thorough. I had a guy in LA said, I got good news, bad news. I said, hey, what's the good news? He says, you're getting on the flight. I said, great, then what can be the bad news? You have an enlarged prostate. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good crowd. You take turns laughing. The Wayne Coy Show. Hey there, it's Wayne Coy. If you're a real estate investor or you're looking to buy an investment property, well, you need to contact Michael Goyaneci at Option Funding. Their well-trained staff can assist you through the financing process and get you the funds that you need. They've got the programs to suit all investors. Now, that includes standard commercial financing, no-income DSCR loans, and hard money, too. You can refinance any existing properties for cash out or if you're looking to purchase an investment property, they can get it done for you as well. With rental income on the rise, this is a good time to invest in a rental property. And there are investment opportunities with positive cash flows right here in Nevada and other surrounding states too. They handle single family residences, four units, apartment complexes, and of course, commercial buildings. So give Michael a call at 818-821-7811. That's 818-821-7811. Or email MikeGLoans at gmail.com. NMLS 163400, DRE 01342072, NMLS 1444037, DRE 01921141. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, 
you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-431-9102-800-431-9102-800-431-9102. That's 800-431-9102. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-557-7921-800-
So it took two years putting a trip down to Anaheim. Right. I was there. And last year, you finally came through with a sign, three big bags of Popeye's chicken. You know what? I want to be there right now. That's what I'm telling you. You know, it sure is interesting every time I check in on the Las Vegas. Hey, Brody, you got to get off my show, man. Sorry. Uh, Brody Brazil cutting in again. Uh, It's time to take a break for news. When we come back, we're going to the bleachers with the Oakland 68s and Jorge. Hang on. Live from Las Vegas, this is the Wayne Coy Show. tell you i'm fired up i want to get on a southwest flight right now and hang out with the seagulls that's i think all that's left at the coliseum these days jorge leon how are you sir i'm good i'm good you know just just chilling chilling out here in east oakland we're probably hearing you i think you're probably in there so do you ever listen to those chants and go yeah that was me yeah no i mean that's all i i uh, heard the the intro and all that, and it, that, that was my buddy Anson, Charlie, um, a bunch of uh, my friends, literally my friends. The Oakland 68s, you've been in existence for how long? Uh, so officially a nonprofit in 2020, uh, founded in 2017, but we all, I mean, we've all been coming to the costume since, some of us since, I have some members since, 68 and then there's been some guys since 90s i mean i've I've been going there since 92 um most of my friends that have become the 68s have been coming here since early 2000s 90s wow so you actually have somebody that was there in 1968 yeah so he's a good friend of mine as well um we we met throughout the whole uh A's trying to move in what was it 2007 2008 every year and yeah yeah exactly and he was one of uh one of the guys that i kind of met um dur- during like this whole you go to the city hall you give a speech or something like that and he he said um he, he was he used to be a giants fan and then the ace showed up in 68 and he's like, well, I'm hopping on on the Oakland A's bandwagon because that's the thing to do. I, I, you know, that's right. It was Oakland new. didn't have a team, right? Yeah, yeah. So, well, they had the Raiders. That's all they had. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and they were they were doing great. They were in Super Bowls and stuff. So Oakland was cool. I grew up probably the per. I, I think the two perfect times would have been your time because you got tail end of that '80s three World Series in a row. Early '90s playoffs. I remember I was there against the Blue Jays. Places rocking and crazy, and uh, that was a good time to get indoctrinated. Same for me. It was '69 all the way through '71, '72, '73, '74, '75, and now I look at these these pictures. I have to tell you, Jorge, I see what the Coliseum looks like these days, and I totally get it. You know, I 100% understand why you you put your drums away. I I get that, and I want to ask you about that. But 1979. 
the triple A's, they were called. Charlie Finley yeah. had, you know, he just said, look, I can't, I can't pay the players. So I got to sell the team. And he eventually did to the Haas family and the A's ended up right back in the playoffs and Billy Ball and all of that. But that last year, 79, I, I have to tell you, I probably had more fun that season than the years where they were packing the place because I could go anywhere I wanted to. Anywhere. Literally had the run. I probably got a hundred foul balls and, you know, just yeah. Roman and third deck seats where they wouldn't even sell them. So you had, you had to buy second deck and then you walk down. You know, yeah, no, I, I think I feel like, like you said, I feel like, honestly, I feel like I've been getting the best of both worlds, you know, or I guess bittersweet because uh, uh, sometimes it, when it's not packed, when I was in high school, we go sneak up into the third third deck, you know, light one up or whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Who's watching? Days. I mean, last yeah, year yeah. there was a couple having sex up there in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was crazy. And, yeah, no, so I was young enough that, like, security guards, instead of, like, kicking you out, would be like, look here, boy, if you come, if you come during uh, late, l go to school, come back, we'll let you in, it's all good, you don't have to be doing this, and, and they were more, mostly, like, taking care of us, you know what I mean, like, yeah. like, like kids. So, and, so you're talking about George and, Costa, probably. Do you know him? <laughs> I don't know him. Well, I, I know uh, uh, Dale. Okay, well, George, Dale. George's name is spelled like yours. He doesn't pronounce it Jorge or Jorge. He yeah. pronounces it George. And he uh, he went he left the A's, went over to work for the Giants. But here's my story okay. for you. 1974 World Series. I had tickets, me and two of my friends, had tickets for game, I think it was four, okay? And game five was the next day. Now, the A's have like a 3-1 lead at that point. And we're thinking, okay, they're going to win the World Series and we're not going to be able to see it. So George was an usher then. He wasn't, he wasn't the director of stadium operations. He was just the usher for that particular section of the third deck. And just like you, it's kind of funny, all the coincidences, you know, the things you talk about. I, I read that article that you wrote and I want to talk to you about that too. But, uh, we went up to him and we said the same thing. We're like, come on, man. We don't have tickets for tomorrow. Our parents think we're spending the night at each other's houses. We just figured we could stay here. Are you okay with that? And he said, absolutely not. I'll lose my job. And we begged him some more. And then finally, finally, he goes, all right, I'll tell you what, you go up to the top of the third deck, get down behind that last row of seats. And if I see any of your heads, before the cage comes out for batting practice tomorrow, I'm going to kick you right out of here. He goes, but if you wait till BP, then you're fine. You guys can stay and watch the game. So we stayed, and of course they won, and we got to celebrate the third World Series in a row uh, because George let us spend the night. I mean, stuff like that doesn't happen now. I got six kids. Ain't no damn way they're spending the night at a stadium. You know what I mean? But that's, yeah, no, that's amazing because uh, it it just feels like. The A's are so much more um, ingrained into the community that that way, you know, like without even it's it just that whole that whole understanding, like the respect, you know, where where we're at, where we're from. It's like, you know what, if I like we trust each other that if you mess up, I'm going to let you know about it and we're going to kick you out kind sure, of thing. Sure. And, and I think that's that's how we are. That's how the 68s are with the ushers, with securities. I mean, it's like we police each other, you know? Yeah, but you're legit now. You're 501c3. It's like you you moved up in the world. 
You're not out in the players' parking lot trying to trying to get free autographs and tickets and stuff. You're you're actually doing great things for the community. So talk about that. What do the 68s do besides play the drums in right field? Yeah, so uh, we we teamed up with uh, it's called the Green Stampede. It's also a nonprofit. Um, is actually one one of the teachers that started that saw me cutting school one time and was like, "Hey, I have this great program." Instead of cutting school, we'll give you or uh, yeah, instead of cutting school and coming here, we'll give you tickets to the game and we'll feed you and you get to work on your homework. That's the only catch. And I was like, you know what? That's that's kind of cool. So um, so I joined that at, in, when I was in high school, um, kind of middle school, high school. And then it went on and, and I kind of grew up and, uh, uh, with that program and became president of that program. And so then I, I, I love soccer as well so um i started a supporters group which is the oakland 68s yeah and kind of took the lead on that and 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 we still do the same thing we we tutor kids we mentor them from east oakland uh we take them to A's games uh and then we also do you you actually buy them a ticket jorge or do you sneak them in no so so here's the thing we work with the a's to get tickets from them um and as long as you're a nonprofit. They, uh, well, you get the commissioner's tickets, sure. and so then they they offer us tickets for certain uh, select games. Um, so that's how we have that good relate. Well, we used to have good relationship with the A's. Right now, it's kind of soured a little bit, a little frosty, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, and before- so that's what we do. We also fundraise. Uh, we also uh, back in 2000, 2010, we started doing um watch parties away watch parties like friday which away watch parties just to kind of bring some vibe into downtown oakland um where the ace ace gear all around downtown oakland put some money back into the to the economy and that's that's we do our part so tomorrow our watch party is actually at a bar called quinn's lighthouse so that's pretty cool i know quinn's lighthouse very cool yeah um so you uh to me, I love it because it plays against stereotype completely. You know, there's this thing out there that, and it's the media's fault, but they 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 see the empty seats, and the first thing right. they want to do is go, well, see, they don't care about their team. There's no community spirit there. They, they, they take that team for granted. The other two teams left, so they're going to be next. That is not what's happening. What's happening is you've got an ownership group that uh, it's very obvious doesn't really care too much about the community and I live in Las Vegas and I would love nothing more than to see this city get major league baseball. I just don't want them to have the team that's spent 55 years, your generation, my generation, our kids generation, and should be there for another 55 years or a hundred years. You know what I mean? And if, if something doesn't happen, if, if major league baseball doesn't like wake up and see what's going on, that this guy is tanking the season he, you know, no offense to the players that are there. They're trying their hardest, but they're not spending any money. I mean, the, there's a player on the Yankees making more than the entire A's payroll. Okay. So how do you compete? They've done it in the past. They've been able to, to win without having to spend a lot of money. But I think being cheap and turning your back on the people that have supported you for all those years, there's just no excuse for that. And the MLB needs to stand up and do the right thing, which is to say, Mr. Fisher, you need to sell this team. And then, you know, Joe Lacob's ready to go or we'll get Reggie's group or whoever it is to buy the team, keep it in Oakland, 
so that you can continue doing the great community work you're doing and that the team is right there with you stride for stride. And that's just not happening now. That's why you put away your drums. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, you know, it, it's a shame because MLB considers themselves a, a diverse, inclusive, uh, uh, major league baseball. Right. So you're taking away kind of, uh, what you believe in from the Oakland community, which is primarily uh, black and brown, community right every now so and again a guy like me gets in there though <laughs> no I, I, we we're so diverse in oakland that's that's my, my point yeah and then you taking them from from a, a special place like oakland like with the historical players i have come and gone from here i mean you're talking about kurt flood you're talking about uh ricky henderson Beta of the world Pinson. the big stewards of the world yeah. i mean you know the list goes on you got the oakland larks you got the oakland oaks um you know and so it's just a shame that you're going to take away all that just because uh, a, a guy like John Fisher that has no idea how to run a team in Oakland or at all because the earthquakes aren't doing that well as well. Right. Um, and the, by so, the way, their their mantra at the beginning of that whole thing was, well, we're going to build the new stadium. And the reason we can't spend money on players right now is because we don't have the facilities. But as soon as we do, you watch, we're going to put a winning team on the field. I think the best they've ever done, Jorge, is like one game over 500. And they don't yep. spend money. They're, they're bottom of the barrel in the payroll in the MLS as well. So what is, you know, I don't get it, man. Like yeah, you said, I, you, you, yeah. you, you deserve like better than that. Yeah, and, and I think uh, the Quakes were like 30th in attendance uh, last year as well. Uh, so it's just, you know, these are – this is there's a trail record right there. You know, there's a record right there that he has. And for people to not see it, for the commission not to, to not see it and just say, you know what, Oakland is doing what they can, what we asked them to do. And yet, you know, you're still letting them kind of flirt with Las Vegas and nothing against Las Vegas. We want I want this sport to grow because I do feel like this sport is kind of dying a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I want it. I want it to grow. I want expansion in Mexico City, Canada. Las Vegas, uh, uh, expansion teams, but not moving any more teams. Like I, the whole American mantra of like, let's move teams just to better the business has got to stop. I mean, they don't even, I have UK friends that can't believe what's happening. They're like, can you imagine a, a team moving, uh, in, in their no. area, like pool or anything like that? that would, no, it would never happen. Right. So Manchester United will always be Manchester United, no matter what. And the Oakland A's exactly. should be the Oakland A's, no matter what. So um, what I, the way I'm trying to follow the story, and I know there's a couple of people out there. Uh, we've got one contributor to uh, our show, Alan Snell, who uh, you're going to hear a repeat of his visit from the other day here in just a few minutes. But his, his uh, publication is called LVSportsBiz.com. And he's all over this story and the business side of it. So when you look at it from that perspective and you say, well, you know, it's a business, it is more than that. It is more than a business. It's an heirloom. It's a multi-generational thing that should be treasured from generation to generation. And I'm going to tell you right now, the East Bay had zero issues filling that place up when the team on the field was good and the ownership gave a crap about the community. Neither of those things is happening now, and the Coliseum is getting older. I mean, we can't deny that. So they got plans. They they won every lawsuit. They you know they got all the way up to 
supposedly three or four more days worth of negotiation, and then they were going to put everything on the table, maybe with a mediator to try to get it done. But, you know, California, they found $375 million and brought that to the table for in- infrastructure to be able to, uh, you know, get this thing to the finish line. It's true. It's been going on for a long time. But, you know, Dave Cavill, I'm just at a point now where the mouth moves and I'm just like, oh, lie, lie. You know, like a like a politician almost, you know. I guess yeah. he is. Yeah, so, you know, we're the 68s and me personally, I'm a fan before – uh, I guess you would say the business part of, of baseball, but I've, I've seen that. I pulled the curtain back and I totally get the, that side of it. Um, however, it still doesn't add up, right? Like, so how you're saying Oakland did all this, right? And, and we're ready to kind of move on and do an actual binding agreement here in Oakland to all of a sudden just pull it out of, at, pull out and go to Las Vegas. It just, it, it, it makes no sense, right? Like, um, and then with Dave Cavill, uh, it's funny, right? Because I'm a, I'm a soccer fan. I know the ultras and the earthquakes. Uh, they actually warned us about Dave Cavill being kind of a don't believe him. He's he can he can talk a big game, yeah. but he's a he's, he's a snake basically. Hmm. And I kind of was still when he was talking all that good stuff. I, I was still telling everyone like, be careful. We still gotta you know we we still gotta be ready in case something happens and. And basically what, what we wanted to do, what what I wanted the city of Oakland to do is basically call their bluff, right? So we did. We we got them all the way up to there and say, now what? Do you really want to stay here or are you just are you just bluffing to move mm-hmm. somewhere else? My theory my that, theory is that uh, that maybe John Fisher isn't as well off as we all have been led to believe and that maybe, you know, playing through COVID and having nobody in the stands, maybe that put a dent. I know the gap stock is way down. So he's a billionaire, at least we, we assume that he is, and he's asking for welfare. And, the, you know, that's the, that's the other thing. This whole thing about we've got to have a decision by January, that deadline has nothing to do with anything except revenue sharing. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's- Rob Manford has said, you, have, you better have a plan together by January, one way or the other, Vegas, Oakland, whatever it's going to be, we need a definitive plan or else – we're going to take your welfare check away. That's what this yeah, is about. Spe- yeah. Speaking of theories, I, I, that's exactly how, what I believe in, too, is that you're going from the sixth largest market to to the actual, you know, with all due respect to Las Vegas, that's a lower, uh, that's a 40th market in, in the country. Yeah. And so then that allows him to keep his revenue sharing check if he gets something built there. Yeah. Therefore, he he's, doesn't lose money, right? And he's not going to spend put- any money on the team. Exactly, and if he's and if he's he builds something here in Oakland, his revenue sharing check gets cut. That's right, it, right. you know. So I do, I, I kind of agree with that. I think he's he's billionaire broke is what we're calling him, where uh, he he's not he's not as wealthy to keep up with major league teams. Yeah, but he's uh, so he's broke, right? So all we're asking is like just sell the team, like yeah. honestly, like if you're that broke, if you. You know, your legacy is going to get tarnished out here in, in SF. The Gap stock is falling down. I know his mom gets on his ass for uh, 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 putting a bad name for the Gap. Um, so just sell the team. Someone to 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 revive the Oakland A's franchise because it can be it can be revived and we, it can be packed. It, it it can be something special out here that can go on for years. 
speaking of the Haas era, you know, um, he was doing such a great job with it, but it was such a different time that now he had, like, now if an owner like Haas would come in in our era, yeah, we would, we would do- totally be packing that place for him because we understand uh, um, our side of it is we want to be um, basically putting out the A's. We want to be a walking billboard for the team, right? Mm-hmm. And we would do it with n- no hesitation. And I think with, with Fisher right now, I'm not even wearing any A's gear. Yeah. Like, and that's sad. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure every day of your life you did, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I have an ace tattoo. So. so there you go. You you and my kid, you guys are both same age. And I said, okay, well, you better stay an A's fan the rest of your life. And right now, I think he's wondering about his chest tat, whether or not that's going to age very well. Well, we hope yeah. for a good ending. I know that Mr. Fisher has used the team uh, as collateral on a couple of loans for his business. Uh, you know, so I'm hoping that the heat gets hot. The news today, just today, is that uh, the legislators have pushed back on three hundred and ninety-five million dollars and said, you know, maybe a hundred, maybe a hundred and fifty. That's the that's the state. Now they're saying, what's the county going to do? And everybody I hear from the county side says, we got schools that are not doing what they're supposed to do, and our, you know, we have safety issues and you know, our neighborhoods and elections are coming up. We're going to have to look at the people who put us in office and say, yeah, we thought it was more important to give a billionaire, you know, half a, a billion dollars. So I, I, I would not be surprised if, if Vegas pushes back to the point because they've already shown there's a hunger to have baseball here and MLB has tipped their cap to say, you know, we're not going to charge you a relocation fee. You know, well, how do the other owners feel about that? Right, because that's right. money they they should be making. I yep. don't know, and they they still have to vote on on relocation. Yeah, you're going to well. get no's from the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, L.A. Angels, San Diego Padres. They're all going to vote no, and the reason why is they're already sharing this area, Southern Nevada. Mm-hmm. The A's come here. The A's don't get it. It's not going to be their territory. They're going to continue to leave things the way they are. Add another. So now my money is even cut up more. And it leaves the Giants wide open for everything in Northern California, all the way up to you know Oregon and beyond, right? Yeah, no, it's 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 insane. I don't think uh, it behooves the owners to to let that happen. I mean, you know, I'm not a Giants fan. I never liked the Giants. You never will, and, and never will. Yeah. Even if the A's would leave, I'm not. I mean, it's basically I'm done with baseball. Um, but it. it, it if the owners don't see that, that how they're going to monopolize the Bay Area, like just it's going to open up a whole Pandora's box, you know, yeah. for for the team. So how are the rest? Definitely- how are the rest of your uh, your Oakland 68s, your members? How many members do you have? We have over 70 right now. Wow. Uh, I have to it, it, the, the, the number went up recently just because we're, we're fighting, you know, for the team. And we're um, there's a great company out here called Oaklandish. And they've been printing out those sell shirts for us. Um, oh, that's and, where they're from. I should have known that. Yeah. <laughs> I got a really nice yeah. Oakland Root shirt from Oaklandish. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so cool. they're, they're, they're kind of helping us. But um, it's very limited. And the, the donations were coming in and people were signing up. So that helped kind of uh, um, help with cost. So 
Uh, there, there's been, I have to double check the, our website again and see our numbers and see how many have joined again. But the last time I checked, it was over 70 members total. And then we have a board. Um, so it's, 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 um, it's a great supporters group. We don't only support the, uh, the A's, but we also support the Oakland roots mm-hmm. and the Oakland soul. Yeah. Um, they're a pro team out here. Soccer. Sure. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Um, My Oakland roots shirt is uh, from Oaklandish. I, I love, yeah. I love the logo. I mean, They've got room. I, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, okay, we're as far as we are with Howard Terminal, so I suppose you dance with the date you brought. But from jump, I was like, what are we doing? The 66th, where we are, all you got to do is build in the parking lot right next door, and then when you're ready, knock the old place down, and you got all the room you want for hotels and restaurants and everything else you wanted. And you couldn't have a more perfect location with 880 and BART and Amtrak and the airport. It's all right there. Kind of doesn't make sense. Instead, let's talk about gondolas to get us over the freeway. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's funny because when, uh, Cavill got hired, he wanted, he wanted Laney and then that one kind of, that, that one failed. Um, they didn't even have it together. Put, they announced it. Yeah. And they didn't even have same a deal. Same thing with Vegas, right? Yeah. 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 Same thing with Vegas. So, and, and I know in one of their, like, he had like his office hours. Uh, I, we went in and, and it was two of us. And I went, well, what if Howard Terminal doesn't happen? Uh, you still have the Coliseum, right? And he's like, well, Howard Terminal has to happen. And I was like, well, you need to have this as a plan B. If you don't have a plan B, then I'm not going to, we're not going to back you up. Yeah. Like, there's no going to be support from us. Because you're saying essentially how terminal is, is it like he was saying how terminal or bus, yeah. and we're like, well, no, it's how terminal or the Coliseum, yeah, or find somewhere else in Oakland. But you're you're kind of giving me bad vibes here. Well, because you know now that when he said bust, what he meant was move, right? Right, right. So that's not right. Um, yeah, it's a perfect place. I mean, and the roots, I understand they're building uh, or they want to build a facility there now on the over where Malibu Grand Prix used to be, right? Yeah, correct. So they're trying to put a temporary stadium at Malibu site, which has nothing to do with the Coliseum property itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that the um, that the Malibu site is owned by the city, so it's not even owned by the county or has anything to do with it. But just the way that the Oakland Roots operate, they want to be uh, a, a good, you know, they want to negotiate in good faith, so they let all the parties know that hey we want this how the roots operate is exactly how we would want the ace to do right yeah and so they're just we can do a temp stadium and then meanwhile we want to look for a permanent home it in in oakland That'd so be great. um and honestly I, I wish they could have been in parallel paths with howard terminal <laughs> right get that done too. yeah it, I, I, it just boggles my brain i i still i i know that you know they've used the word binding but it, it didn't mean anything three weeks ago when they were binding at the wild wild west spot and now they're binding at the tropicana i hope the legislators do the right thing and more importantly i hope major league baseball does you know, let's get Vegas a, its own team like the Golden Knights that they can say, we've had them since birth. They're our babies and we bring them up. And then, you know, who knows? Maybe we've got a nice little rivalry here between Vegas and Oakland. That would be kind of cool, right? 
That would be amazing because then I would then I would want to travel to to Vegas. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I, I like going out there for uh, the Vegas lights versus the roots. So that that's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty good rivalry going there. Yeah, I don't know if you can see um, it, but we got but, lights right there on the wall behind me. I don't know. Yeah, there it is. Can you see that? Oh yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah there yeah. it is. So yeah. um, I was asking you about your brothers and your sisters there in the Oakland sixty eights. What's their attitude? Are they? Are they dejected? Are they angry? Are they sad? What's the what's the emotion? They're definitely way more angry, um, and they 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 just lit a, a fire on them that I've never seen before. Because uh, I've always been the one a little bit more kind of like, well, we got to fight for this, we got to fight for that, and they're like, well, no, let's just hold on. And uh, now they're just kind of like, no, we got to fight, and, and we're angry, and we're gonna like call them out with. With with signs, chants, and wear all these shirts and 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 whatever else we can come up with, we're gonna try and voice uh, our our opinions and 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 basically fight for our team. That's that's how they feel, and I love it. Uh, we're we're not gonna give up. Um, there's even, I mean, some some people even mention like even if the A's move, we're not gonna let that. Uh, we're not gonna let MLB dictate to uh, let pro baseball in Oakland die, you know? Mm -hmm. So sure. maybe an independent ball club yeah. or something like that. But yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty, it, we're pretty, uh, as a collective group, we're pretty angry and we're pretty fired up to, to keep fighting. I love the spirit. And I love your story, man. I read the whole thing about, you know, your parents in Mexico and Fernando Valenzuela and moving up to the Bay area. And where are you now? You live around, you're in the hundreds. Where do you live? Yeah. Uh, 106. So oh. like, uh, hundred six like in MacArthur, ten minutes, five minutes away. Hundred six in uh, what is that? San Angel Boulevard. Oh, by the tracks. Oh, you yeah, you're right by. Um, yeah, yeah. Our family had uh, worked at A B and I Foundry, which is on San Leandro Street, yep. right, right behind the stadium there. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. my mom worked at Casper's at hundred and sixth in MacArthur. You know, Foothill Square is right. Oh wow. Yeah, and then I went to uh, what school yep, did you yep. go to? I went to, uh, so I was supposed to go to Castlemont High. And they closed My mom it. didn't want me to go there because of, yeah. Um, so she she made me go to Far West High School. It's a smaller school. Now now it's uh, part of the Oakland Tech. Um, um, they, they kind of put them together now. Yeah. So Oakland Tech is what I tell people because it's right by there. Sure. Uh, but it was called Far West High School back then. See, I don't remember that. I, just, oh, that's where I, went, I was a yeah, Castlemont so. kid, though, too. I, I went to Frick Junior High. Um, I went to E. Morse Cox. I went to yeah. we Webster. Luther I went to E. Morse Cox. Did you really? I bet you didn't have Miss yeah. Nakagawa. She, I'm sure she's not around anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had Miss Cahoon. I don't, I don't know her. Mrs. Green. Yeah. Well, we, we, uh, we grew up in the, uh, in the same neighborhood, so that's very cool. I feel a kindred spirit. I'm so glad you took the time. Jorge Leon, and uh, you're going to keep us up to date with how the fight's going, yes? Uh, hell yeah. Okay. Wayne, I appreciate you a lot, man. And, and you know, whenever you're in Oakland, hit us up. We'll, uh, I don't know if you drink beer or not, but, you know, we'll like, like to show you around, too. Yeah, I'll do that, and I'll have a colossal dog with you, hopefully uh, at the Coliseum as we're waiting on the new place to get finished. How about that? That sounds like a plan. Okay, sir. Have a great night. Thank you, too, Wayne. You Appreciate got it, buddy. It. Well, there he goes. What a story, man. If you get a chance, um, I'll share the link with you online, and you can read the story about Jorge and his family. And 
where they came from and what they've endured. And you can't hear him talk and just, you know, not feel the spirit that's there. Las Vegas has that too. And the people that are growing up right now with the, with the Knights, um, they're going to be able to feel the same way. They already do. They already feel that same way. Um, when you have something taken away from you, though, doesn't play well, doesn't go over well, especially when it's for the wrong reasons. So again, hope we get baseball here. I just don't want it to be my team. I think you understand. KSHP North Las Vegas, 107.1 FM, 1400 AM, K29, 6HP North Las Vegas, and online at KSHP.com. Hi there, this is Kirby Schofield with Schofield Realty here in Las Vegas. Real estate is always changing. Be it a buyer's market, a seller's market, at Schofield Realty, it's your market. Buying or selling, we have the team and the tools to work the market so it works for you. We are excited that we're on the Wayne Coy Show. Our results blessed us with the Zillow Flex Partnership roughly about two years ago due to our consistent conversion and customer service scores. With conversion, that means we can close and with our customer service scores, you know you're going to get the best service possible. We're always looking for agents led by mentorship, resources, and experience. We are your guide. Find us. Kirby4u.com That's K-I-R-B-Y the number four, the letter U dot com. Kirby for you.com or call 702-766-9538 again 702-766-9538 located only four miles from downtown colorado springs at just 10 miles from pikes peak hyatt place colorado springs garden of the gods offers spacious rooms featuring contemporary decor with stylish furnishings including divided living and sleeping areas the hyatt grand bed state-of-the-art media and work center a 42-inch flat panel high-definition television that easily integrates with laptops and other devices and complimentary breakfast is included in your stay hyatt place colorado springs garden of the gods at 503 west garden of the gods road visit hyattplace.com do you love watching television? If you're on a fixed budget, you need to make this free call right now to DISH and find out how you can get a fixed monthly price to watch all the television you want for three full years. In addition to a three-year price guarantee, you can also get free monthly movie rentals. They give you one free movie rental every month. That's a $165 value, yours free. Plus, get free in-home tech visits, no-cost equipment replacements, a free voice remote, and you can watch commercial-free TV. Even access all your favorite apps to stream like Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, and more. Now is the perfect time to call Dish. Take advantage of the three-year price guarantee. Save yourself some money and all your equipment is free. Call right now. 800-586-4206. 800-586-4206. 800-586-4206. That's 800-586-4206. Paid for by NPS. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. 
too. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-557-8036. That's 800-557-8036. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-557-7921. 800-557-7921. That's 800-557-7921. Hey there, it's Wayne Coy. If you're a real estate investor or you're looking to buy an investment property, well, you need to contact Michael Goyanecci at Option Funding. Their well-trained staff can assist you through the financing process and get you the funds that you need. They've got the programs to suit all investors. Now, that includes standard commercial financing, no-income DSCR loans, and hard money, too. You can refinance any existing properties for cash out, or if you're looking to purchase an investment property, they can get it done for you as well. With rental income on the rise, this is a good time to invest in a rental property. And there are investment opportunities with positive cash flows right here in Nevada and other surrounding states too. They handle single family residences, four units, apartment complexes, and of course, commercial buildings. So give Michael a call at 818-821-7811. That's 818-821-7811 or email MikeGLoans at gmail.com. NMLS 163400. DRE 01342072. NMLS 1444037. DRE 01921141. Now, back to the Wayne Coy Show. All right. Well, uh, time constraints are going to probably cause us to have to cut the interview short, but I certainly want you to hear some of the visit that we had just a couple of days ago with Alan Snell, LVSportsBiz.com. If you get a chance to check it out, he is on top of this whole uh, Oakland A's to Las Vegas story, and let's uh, get to that conversation and see what he had to say. Pork chops past this dog. Hey, I got to talk to you about this thing with the A's, but before we get to that, the show is brought to you this hour by our friends Kirby and the gang over at Schofield Realty, and uh, we appreciate them and their support throughout. Kirby's already excited. He wants to buy season tickets to the Las Vegas A's games, which I can't even say. With a straight face. Right. Well, so, Alan. Good luck. I mean, good luck. Good luck with that. LVSportsBiz.com. I try to keep up with everything that's going on. Thank you. What is going on? Well, um, the big uh, blockbuster was at the Athletics after their presidents, you know, kind of crowed about how great this 49-acre site was on the west side of the interstate on Tropicana was going to be a great site for uh, an, an athletics baseball park. Right. He uh, 
Well, he uh, benched that site, so to speak, and uh, pulled another site off the bench, and that was the old Tropicana Hotel site. That was the very first site, as I recall. Yeah, that one's been kind of bandied about. Um, can't, I mean, quite candidly, because of the infrastructure and logistics of that site, to me, it seemed kind of a whimsical site to me. I mean, uh, you already have one of the most busiest intersections in Las Vegas. I believe it's literally the second busiest intersection. I what think, would be behind, busier? Behind Flamingo and Las Vegas Boulevard. Oh, okay. Which is just, you know, only a less than a mile to the north. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've actually, I've, I've bicycled around the site to get a feel and, you know, I think it's going to be a real logistical challenge putting in a 30,000-seat retractable roof baseball park. It's not going to be on Las Vegas Boulevard in terms of fronting it per se. The That hotel building that you see by the uh, pedestrian bridge there is going to stick. They're going to demolish the buildings in the back right. and try to shoehorn this baseball park. Nine kind acres. Of, yeah, kind of in the southeast on nine acres, like you mentioned. I think kind of on, uh, east, kind of on the east part of the property and toward the south side of the property. So would you still see it if you're going down Las Vegas Boulevard? That's a good question because if you're, you know, if you buy, if you're driving past the Tropicana Hotel building, I would assume that that building is going to eclipse a big chunk of the, of the ballpark. Supposedly, I had a chat with, a state senator who is very supportive of the athletics move to Las Vegas. His name is uh, Scott Hammond. Hammond. And he mentioned, <laughs> say it before you. Yeah, did. yeah. He mentioned that he thought that the fans sitting behind home plate would be as they look out, they would look out at uh, Excalibur in New York, New York, which is at that corner at Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard. Mm-hmm. So uh, like I said, uh, take an aerial look. I suggest people, Take an aerial look, and there's lots of aerial photographs. It's very easy to go online. And look at a very nearby facility, which is T-Mobile Arena. Mm -hmm. And MGM Resorts had two things going for it. Number one, they own all the properties around it. So then they demolished some buildings to make way for the arena. Monte Carlo was gone, right? Well, uh, they, they demolished some, I think... Um, human resource kind of style buildings in okay. the back of that property. Gotcha. And the, 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 the arena backs up on Frank Sinatra Drive and you have to kind of walk through that park area from the strip to get to the arena. They have a big plaza in front. But my point is that logistically, it has the parking infrastructure. You have a whole, literally constellation of MGM Resorts International Hotel properties with parking garages. Mm-hmm. New York, New York is there. And, you know, you have Park, Park MGM, MGM is yeah. there, you know, and Aria is there. And you have, you know, the Excalibur lots on, you know, on the other side of Tropicana. This particular location is very logistically, you know, that is going to be on the east side of the strip and it's going to be on the south side of Tropicana. And like I said, it'll be the nine acres toward the back of the 34 acre total site. And right now, from what I understand. So you would see it if you're coming in from LA. It would well, maybe, be on your well, maybe right. Maybe if you're driving in. north on Las Vegas. I'm sorry. If, if you're driving north on Las Vegas Boulevard mm-hmm. and um, you, um, to the right side, you would pass the old festival grounds, which is a really difficult site for, pe- for people here sure. in Las Vegas. 
after the, uh, you know, the killing on the strip in 2017. Right. If you pass that site, as soon as you pass that site, I think you hit Reno, which is a side road there. And then once you pass Reno Avenue, look to the right. And I think that's where you would probably, you know, that's where you would see this proposed baseball park on the southeast side of the 34 acre location but like you said it's specifically shoehorned on that nine acre site see i was thinking that it would have to alan face the other way meaning home plate would have to be closer to las vegas boulevard right but i'm just saying that's that's what i've seen so far i mean uh that's something to keep in mind wayne is what we talk about today might not be a- accurate tomorrow. Sure. This thing is so fluid; it's evolving. I mean, you had you had the uh, rug pull out from the whole market when they switched the site. I mean, right. everyone's kind of talking about the forty nine acre Wild Wild West casino site. In fact, you know the the Nevada T- DOT is doing road work on Tropicana right in front of the location. People are thinking, "Oh, that's the site." And next thing you know, Bally's which is the Bally's Corporation, which is based in Rhode Island. They own, I think, uh, I think they have 17 hotels across 11 states. I know they have states. one in Lake Tahoe. I okay. Mean. Yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden they sent out this press release on Monday saying, Yes, you're going to uh, lose your job. Oh, but yeah, that. Although that's been kind of clarified. There's been like a, my, that's my point. Things are evolving. There's since been like another, Press release Q and A form handed out by Bally's explaining what's going to happen. That you know, you know this. It's it's. I'm just saying that you know, don't get locked into anything until we don't even have the legislation. The legislation, we don't even know when the when the proposed funding bill is going to come out. People, you know, you've, I've been I've tried to be careful on reporting stuff because I'm hearing all these reports all across the board. It's going to be this week, next week, you know, possibly there's going to be a special session that will have to be called as long if, if there's not a proposed bill that's out there, then it's still being crafted. And from what I understand, there's some big hangups. One is the transportation to that site. I mean, Right now, I mean, let's face it, Metro Las Vegas, you're from the Oakland Bay area. Yeah. I mean, you're, I assume you had a lot better public transportation than you have here. We had BART, which basically would drop you off at the Coliseum. Right. I mean, um, you're not going to have light rail leading you to the site. Although, technically, it's kind of funny. We, there's no light rail in Las Vegas, but you have these kind of like, (laughs) kind of knockoffs. You do have the monorail, right? Yes, you do. Which takes you, you know, um, from the, the takes you from the convention center to right MGM Grand. Uh, you have, believe it or not, people don't think about it, but MGM Resorts International they built that tram, that raised tram, you know, kind of move people mover, which is on the uh, west side of the strip. Oh, I don't know that that, that connects. You know, New York, New York with Excalibur. And so you, so you actually have like a, a little oh, 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 in-house yes, I, people mover. I know what you mean now. Yeah. You know, and then you have, you know, only Las Vegas would be like dazzled by the whole concept of tunnels that you have Tesla, you have Tesla, you have Teslas <laughs> being driven by a person who's going to drive one person at a time. Yeah. In tunnels. Well, the car I know. was in, to be fair, there were uh-huh. three of us. So, okay, well, me, my wife, and another guy. Oh, so you, yeah. so you triple, you know, you triple the usual uh, amount. But the fact is, yeah. three people, you know, moving three passengers in one vehicle is not exactly mass transit, Wayne. Right. You know, and you know, Tesla's in a tunnel is not going to be necessarily the answer. This is going to be transportation by committee. I guess you're going to have to have. 
you know, uh, Ubers and Lyfts and the, the old monorail, which reminds me of like Disney World out in Orlando. Kind of, yeah. You know, and then you have, you know, the little people mover that MGM Resorts have on the other side of the road and people will, I see, well, I actually bike. I actually park on the outskirts of the area with my bicycle. And then I just bike right to the venue. That's what I do for the um, Raider Stadium, for example. Yeah, I pull, I bike on the west side of the uh, the stadium on a very quiet little side street. Pop my bike off the car and pedal like f- five minutes right to the entrance. I lock my bike up literally outside the media entrance at Raider Stadium. It's amazingly convenient. You know, I don't know. That's a big difference between Las Vegas and the Bay Area. You know, Bay, I think the Bay Area has, is a little more creative in the way they get around and, mm-hmm. and the transportation. You mentioned, uh, like a BART line that takes you well, right to the, uh, Am- Amtrak as well. Like, so for the people coming from the Sacramento area, they can take a train, drops you off right at the Coliseum. If you're flying in to see you're a Mets fan and you want to see them play, you can literally, be from the airport to the Coliseum in about 10 minutes. Okay. But, you know, my point is that, you know, Metro Las Vegas has always been a car-centric society here. Yeah. I mean, it's people are used to, you know, driving to big seas of asphalt and parking and walking, you know, in a big parking lot. And I think having T-Mobile Arena kind of changed that mentality. I mean, people have their little hacks. I have friends who use the monorail. I have friends who kind of, come in from different directions, people beginning to get a little more savvy and crafty in terms of how they get to sports. But still, it's a very car-centric market here. And and that's going to... And my point is that that's one of the issues that, you know, when I talked with um, the consultant for the athletics, uh, Jeremy Aguero, he mentioned the whole concept of it's going to have to be, quote-unquote, the whole multimodal transportation thing, which, I mean, sounds great, but I mean, like I get back to the same thing. I mean, um, basically the, our regional transportation system is basically for the most part hires a bus company Mm -hmm. and that, and that's pretty much what you have. So I think it was the review journal that wrote a story though today saying that this could be an opportunity because they're putting it in an awkward place and because people do need to get there, this could be an opportunity to take what they're already doing on Tropicana and blow it up and make it even bigger, okay. add some extra ways in. Okay. I mean, that sounds sounds fine. You could write it and, I mean, talk about it. Yeah. Actually, Dinero. Impl- actually implementing it yeah. is, you know, everyone has great ideas. But the well, bottom said- line is, you know, we don't have the elected officials with the political backbone to, to, you know, basically make these things happen. Mm-hmm. You had said at the beginning that, that that transportation was one of the issues. What's the biggest issue? Is it money? Well, I mean, right now it's the breakdown in the subsidy, and we don't know what the exact itemized list of the $395 million public ask is. We, we have this $395 million public ask, which was conveniently let left out of the press release by Bally's yesterday when Bally's Corporation explained that they're having this big partnership with the athletics. They talked about the benefits to their companies and the athletics. They didn't really talk about the benefits to the to the locals in the sense of what we're asking you of. I mean, from what I understand, 
the public ask went from $500 million in, in a public package to $395 million. We, d- we don't have the itemized. By the way, that's very Gap-like, don't you think? You know, we got to sell these jeans. Well, how much you want for them? 40 bucks. Let's sell them for $39.95. Yeah, there you go. Right? Because the three versus the five, that's what you pay attention to. But it's basically yeah. it's $400 million. It's nearly $400 million. Yeah. And, you know, we're still, you know, the, the legislation's not complete. I would uh, implore... The legislators, I don't know if the athletics, I don't know if Bailey's will do this, Bally's will do this, but I implore them to come out with a graphic, with a breakdown explaining how much money do they want Clark County to float in bonds. I was told a minimum of, of $100 million by the athletics consultant. $100 million obviously is the minimum. We all know it's going to be a lot more than that. Yeah. There's going to be tax incentives. There's going to be tax breaks. I don't know if there will be a tax exemption. I don't know if there's going to be a a, a little little mini nine-acre uh, tax district there that would, you know, basically. Right, which is what they were going to do at Wild right, Wild West. Right, and this would yeah. be a little mini nine-acre version of it where stuff that you buy on those nine acres, you know, whatever, if you have any bars or retail stores or what have you, you know, there would be a special tax on things sold in that district that would help, you know, pay off uh, the F- pay off the bonds. We still don't know how much money that, how much money is being requested of Clark County to to, to float in, in the bond. Right. So there's a still, um, the, to me, the public funding aspect of the baseball park is numero uno, number one question. If you've noticed, Wayne, not a lot of people are necessarily opposed to the athletics moving here and building a stadium. The opposition happens to be focusing squarely on the public subsidy request right. of, of a package of a $395 million. That is the, that is the big stumbling block. People want to know what the breakdown is. And also, uh, what's interesting is that in the back of their mind, they, when we talked about this a few weeks ago, Wayne, when the Golden Knights were created, they were gold, they were Las Vegas's team because yes. they're and you know they had the, the you know the slogan was really good the Vegas born thing, you know you're talking about an athletics franchise that's owned by a man who does not have a very good reputation for investing money in the product and so let's strip away just you know the business of 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 the athletics of of Major League Baseball. This is a business. That basically wants to relocate right from the San Francisco Bay Area, Oakland Bay Area, to Las Vegas. And let's not talk about baseball. It's a company. And they're competing against a lot of other companies. If you're going to give them tax breaks, the state of Nevada, wouldn't you want to know that the company that wants to move into your state is going to be pumping in a lot of money into the product to make it competitive? Sure. I don't think we're getting the Microsoft of Major League Baseball teams here. No. You know, I mean. Well, if you are, it's a floppy disk at this point. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we're talking about a team with what, like a $51 million payroll Mm -hmm. when you have like teams in like the Mets and the Dodgers that I believe are like well over $200 million. I mean. I think there's two players on the Yankees that are making more than the entire A's So there you payroll. go. I mean, yeah. and, and, and as a result, and you know what? There has been, and uh, there was a trend, I'd say, in the last five to ten years where we've seen teams like the Astros and the Orioles take things down, or, or the Tigers. They take things down to the bare bones where 
the team loses 100, 110 games for a couple years in a row, three years in a row, with the understanding that you're revamping the team and rebuilding the team mm-hmm. into a contender. That's what the Astros did. But we already and, know these guys don't do that. And and that's the problem with the athletics was that they sell everybody. They sell, but they let like, them walk. And, and the sad thing about it is that you're kind of looking to the AAA team to supply like the new stars to rebuild the team. Yeah. Quite nothing against the aviators, but you know, they're a team that's, what are they around a 500? They're about 500, maybe a little less than 500. Right. You don't really see the superstars coming up the pipeline <laughs> from Las Vegas to yeah. the athletic starting. Well, lineup. there are a couple of guys that are already by default should be in Las Vegas that are playing in Oakland because they needed somebody. Right. I mean, they kind of so go back Brent, and forth. Brent Rooker, I'll use him as an example. Right. He was just the American league player of the week. And he's a guy who made the team barely out of spring training and probably wouldn't be in the major leagues with any other organization except the Oakland Athletics. So there's your benefit right there. Unfortunately, we have to cut uh, cut that conversation short. There is a podcast version, though. So if you want to check that out, you can. It's very easy. All you got to do is go to waynecoy.com and all the episodes are there. So you can do that if you want to hear the rest of what Alan had to say. We'll, of course, have him back very soon because this story is not going to stop. It ain't going to go away. And we'll, of course, stay right on top of it. I know they will for sure. Hey, thank you for hanging out. Always fun. And we'll see you tomorrow night at 7. 